Welcome to Continuous Dream. Today's episode is Shop Girl, a short story by Amy Kreider. I'm hoping it will be slow in the shop today, especially at closing, because I have tickets to see the new ballet at the Joffrey. It's an adaptation of Jane Eyre, and I can't be late. I would rather die than be one of those people who traipses in ten minutes late. I should have just enough time to get there, early enough to have a drink before the show. I'm deciding between a Prosecco or a gin and tonic. That's the evening I have planned. Close the damn shop, rush to the train, get my drink, and enjoy the ballet. First, I have eight hours alone in the shop. It's a gift shop with mid-price to expensive items imported from Scandinavia. There's nothing like working in a gift shop to put you off material things. It's overflowing. I thought Scandinavia was minimalist, but this shop is heaped with candles and soaps and textiles and mugs and china and baking dishes and jewelry and crystal and candy and Christmas. Forget Christmas. Nothing puts you off Christmas like working in a gift shop for the holidays. I always enjoyed Christmas shopping when I was young, but now no one seems to be enjoying it. They come in with lists they're checking off, trying to spend the same amount on each person, trying to find something different or something they'll really want. But who wants anything anymore? Don't we all have enough? But customers come in, and we have all these ornaments. They pick up all these small things and pile them on the counter, which is a small counter, and leave them there while they continue to shop. I hate that. But they have to browse because they have to see everything, everything in this overstuffed shop. They have to pick up and smell every candle and sniff every soap. One by one, every candle and every soap gets smelled and sniffed. They're like zombies. These zombies are searching, searching the store for something. They're looking for something that will change their life. The perfect candle or the perfect gray mug will somehow transport them from their dull, excruciating existence to some new life. They're looking for salvation, salvation from the gift shop. Now a slight man with thin hair approaches and asks if there's a restroom. I point out the door with the red employees only sign, which is only there to control who goes in, but is actually the customer bathroom. And his whispered gratitude tells me he is feeling sick. I notice the light in the restroom had been left on overnight, and I make a mental note to check it before I leave. And now this woman walks in with a dog, not some little rodent dog in her arms, but a big dog on a leash. Can I bring in my dog? She asks with a hopeful, insipid smile. Is it a service dog? No. It's just that we sell food. I just need one of the ornaments. I'll just go over there. I won't go near the food. But the food is up by the register. But now I have three people waiting to be rung up, and I just turn my back on her, and I go to the pile of stuff on the counter, and the phone is ringing. Later, I realized the woman of the dog never came to the register, and I never saw her leave. What happened to her? 
Did she steal an ornament? Probably. It starts to clear out. A woman comes to the counter with a pair of wool socks. Do these itch, she asks. How do I know if they itch? She puts them back and comes up again, this time with a tube of salmon spread from the fridge. Is this good on bagels? She asks me about several more things and I'm ready to slap her. She leaves without buying anything. More people browse, more zombies, more noses smelling and sniffing candles and soaps. The day goes by more slowly if there's a lot to ring up. Because there's a crush of people and bing bing, you're scanning this and that, and you feel like, wow, that must have been about half an hour, and it's been five minutes. For some reason, the day zips by if the shop is empty. On those days, sometimes I even sneak in a book to read and read at the register. Though my boss would like us to clean when it's slow. I do clean, but there's only so much you can clean. My boss, the manager, is very nice. It's funny, the three part-time college girls who work there tell me they're afraid of her. Afraid? Of this extremely nice, reasonable woman? Sure, she's firm with them when they're spending all their time on their phones, on Facebook, but she's very far from being bitchy. But yes, yeah, she's firm compared to the owner. There's the owner and the manager. The manager knows every tiny detail of the shop, the inventory, every item. She can see right away if one necklace has been shoplifted. And she heaves a sigh about the owner, because the owner would give away the shop if she could. The owner gives a chocolate bar to the young man on the spectrum who often comes in to chat, or gives a tote bag away to a loyal customer who forgot her bag. This drives the manager crazy. But these college girls are so young and intimidated by her. I'm 20 years older than my boss. Maybe that's why I'm not intimidated and even sneak in my book. But it's funny they're being afraid. You'd think being intimidated would mean they'd be reliable and work hard. Funny how that doesn't happen. They call in at the last minute and can't work with the flimsiest excuses. It's like their job is somehow their last priority. Not that my job is a priority in my life, but of course I come in, I show up. You're supposed to show up, right? Show up. But it's not my real life. It's just a job. My real life is that I'm a sculptor. I make art out of wire and fabric. I've been trying to get into a gallery for a long time. I won't give up hope. You have to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, you're a zombie smelling and sniffing candles and soap in the gift shop. It's almost 5.30. There's one person in the shop. We close at 6. They're browsing in the textile room. God, I don't want to have to cut fabric for them. It's so tense measuring out half a yard of fabric, trying to cut it straight. But thank God they've come back out of there. They linger over the books, paging through them. Come on, leave. Please leave. They leave. I go outside and bring in the chalkboard sign. Now it's 540. There are a lot of lights and lamps in the shop, so I start to turn off a few, starting with the refrigerator. People walk by the door and I pray they don't come in. Sometimes people come in at 555 and say, I have five minutes, right? And they stay 20 minutes. I take the key and hover near the door. I decide tonight, I'll have Prosecco before the ballet. 
I idly start picking up the candles and sniff them. No one comes in. I go ahead and flip the sign to say closed at 5.58. My boss won't know I did it. But I wait until my watch says exactly 6 o'clock before I lock the door. I've gotten fast at counting the drawer. I count out the 150 that stays there. There's not much cash to count, only $87. I click ending till force recalculation and print. The receipt comes out. Then the credit card machine. Reports current, both. It spits out the credit report. I match up the credit card total between the cash register receipt and the credit card machine. They match, thank God. There was only one time they didn't, and I had to stay an extra hour to find the mistake. But not tonight. I bundle up the cash and receipts and stick them in the pouch in the desk drawer in the office. I flip off the music and the rest of the lights. For good measure, I try the front door to make sure I locked it, because I often struggle with the key. It's locked. I'm headed to the side door, which will lock behind me. But, conscientious as ever, I remember to check the bathroom to make sure the light is switched off. If the door swung inward, his body would have blocked it from opening. But it swings out, and there will be no Prosecco waiting for me tonight. No ballet, because his body is on the floor, fully dressed, thank God. The man who'd asked for the restroom, who looked sick. The man who never came back out. And I'll have to call 911, but I'm certain it's too late. I know I should feel for his pulse, but I should try, try to say something first. Are you alive? I ask. My words disappear into the empty shop. I raise my voice. Are you alive? This has been Shop Girl by Amy Kreider. For more episodes, please visit continuousdream.com and consider supporting the show on Patreon. Thanks for listening.